go back and uh, look at some more things in regard to strong faith versus weak faith and uh, and make a point I made on on uh, on Wednesday night. But first I want to look at these four scriptures in Matthew, though, to allow you to see the places where the truths are the truth of of the statement I'm about to make in regard to what we should look at is based. Uh, Matthew 6, <clears throat> and uh, we won't read just verse 30 by itself. Verse 30 it contains the phrase, little faith, of which I'm keying on. And, uh, but we'll back up to uh, verse 28. Matthew, the sixth chapter, and we'll look at uh, verse 20, 28. Everybody with me? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Why take ye thought? Why are you anxious about? Anxious about and taking the thought. Thoughts come. We can't keep the thoughts from coming. But we can control what thoughts we accept or reject. And if you don't fight the thought, that we're just talking about that song we're just saying, we fight, we win, it begins in your thought life. And if you don't really understand that's really where the battleground is, then you're in for a rude awakening. Because the enemy is going, he's going to attack you right there. And if you can't, you can't win the battle there, you can't win. But once you learn that truth defeats error every time, you'll see just how precious God's word is and how rightly divided, dividing that word is uh, most, most crucial. Uh, he'll use that same word, Satan will, to twist it to try to confuse us because it's the light of that word, it's the understanding of that word with which we use the fight. Okay. Uh, we'll read uh, once again Matthew 6, uh, verse 28 through verse 30. And why take ye thought? Why ye anxious or why ye take thought for clothes, Raymond? Consider or look at the lilies of the field. In other words, quit looking at what you're looking at and look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more, everybody say much more, much more, more clothe you, O ye of little faith. O ye of little faith. That's a question. O ye of little faith. And so he, he's, he's promoting thought. And really, 
The only way we can help people is to promote thought either in a certain direction, on certain things, and at the same time, in a certain direction, away from certain things. He's diverting their thoughts from considering or looking at what am I going to wear, what am I going to eat, and so forth and so forth. And he's directing their thoughts to look at what God is doing in the world to take care of the planet that he has created. He's overseeing this planet. He's, uh, he's providing for this planet, for every, every, every creature on the planet. But uh, in the process, though, even though he's providing for the birds, he don't put the food in the nest. They go out and they get the food and bring it to the nest. Amen? And so we, we learn from that. But we first start looking at what he's doing, looking at what he's doing, looking at what he's doing and has done. That's what this does for us. We see what God is doing and God has done. Going back to what Ken Wayne talks about quite a bit. Looking at what God has done. He's done it. Solomon's time, he did it. He's doing it. Even in our time, he's doing it. And, and since springtime is on the way, we're about to really see how uh, the seasons that God has set in force will manifest themselves once again as the flowers uh, begin to uh, uh, grow and, 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 uh, and just uh, look as uh, beautiful as they can look when the sunlight is hitting them. Now go to Matthew uh, 8, and we'll get to the next uh, set of verses where this phrase, little faith, shows up. So little faith, we're looking at what are we going to wear, what are we going to eat. Strong faith looks at God's clothing the lilies, God will much more clothe me. God's clothing the lilies, he'll much more clothe me. He's providing for the birds, he'll provide to me, for me. That's what strong faith looks at, what he's doing, what he has done. Matthew 8, and uh, this is when they were on the ship, uh, and he was asleep, and they were concerned about the storm taking place. Uh, Matthew 8, verse 24. Let's read. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he, Jesus, was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful? O ye of, there's that phrase again, little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And so we see that uh, because of, uh, of what they were looking at once again and what they allowed them, their, their eyes to stay on, the idea of letting my eyes stay on something other than what God is doing or has done or has said that's written or not written, written or spoken. I'll say it like that, written or spoken, as we shared on Wednesday night. Thank you, Dave. Written or spoken. Doing or done, that's written or spoken. If my eyes are not on what he has done, written, we just read what he's done is written. We listened to Mama's testimony earlier. That's what he's done that she spoke 
And also, he spoke to her in regard to directing her in some things that she needed to do. But things that he has done that's written, things he's done that's spoken. Things uh, he said that's written, as we just read, and things he said that's spoken. He's still speaking today by his spirit. And depending upon your ministry and how God deals with you or whether he wants you to hear his, his voice or not, his thoughts from his Holy Spirit, he'll, 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 he'll bring those, those thoughts to you. His thoughts to you, his thoughts. And even though you may not hear his voice, the Holy Ghost who's in us will bring scripture to us. Let me say that too. We might not hear his voice, but we've been reminded of scripture. That's the Holy Ghost, as you know. That's his work, to remind us of what he has said that's written, or even by some prophet or prophetess or apostle maybe, that has spoken something to us in prophecy. He reminds us of those things. But when you're remembering, when you're being reminded of scripture, when you're being reminded of scripture, that's the Holy Spirit's work, and he does that in everybody's life, apart from just ministry. But you got to re have read it first, though, or have heard it first, and hopefully read it to confirm that it's in there. Because sometimes <laughs> some people say some things, they're quoting scripture, and they misquote it. But it's best to read right along with them. And even though I can quote some scriptures, I find it best to get you to read along, right along with me. That way you know it's in there. And this, it's not just me misquoting God's word or trying to have my way. You see. All right. So uh, now we move over to Matthew 14. And here again, we find a storm has taken place. Jesus is walking on the waves in the storm. And this we're quite familiar with. Uh, uh, we're more so familiar with it than any of them, I dare say. I know I am. I use it quite a bit to uh, illustrate certain things. So uh, let's look at... Uh, Verse 26, Matthew 14, verse 26. And when the disciples, let's back up verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Be that way sometimes. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea in the storm. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, or since it be thou, bid or command me to come unto thee on the water. This is in a storm. The storm hadn't changed. But Peter's eyes is on Jesus now. And he's one who walked like his master walking. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he took his eyes off Jesus while walking the water. He was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. There's that phrase again, little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Why did you doubt? 
Why'd you get a waiver in your opinion? The waves, the wind had nothing to do with him walking on the water. But he got in doubt. His opinion wavered. And because of it, he began to sink. Began to sink. Little faith had him walking on water. And because of that little faith, he didn't just sink immediately. He just began to sink. But he knew he was in trouble going the other direction. Went on top of the water no longer. But he asked him, why'd you doubt? Why'd you doubt? So, little faith does not look at what Jesus has done and what Jesus is doing. What God has done, what God is doing. Little faith looks at circumstances. Look, look, little faith looks away from what God has done, that's written or spoken. What God has said, that's written or spoken. And the fifth one, I felt remind you a while ago that God reminded me coming to church Wednesday night, what he has revealed by his spirit, no matter how he revealed it. If you have a revelation from God about whatever and you are walking by that revelation, you, you, you have strong faith because of your, the, 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 you know the need of the, of the, uh, the, the importance of keeping what he said or what he revealed to you on your mind and in your eyes. He may have revealed to you that so-and-so is your best friend and you can trust so-and-so. Once he reveals that to you, you know so-and-so, whether it's your husband, whether it's your wife, and sometimes he needs to reveal to the husband or wife you can trust so-and-so. He revealed to me I could trust my wife before I married her. He said, all the days of your life, she'll do you no harm. In other words, she's, gonna, she's not going to cross that line that wives shouldn't cross. She's going to stay faithful to you. Now, she's got some other areas she's got to grow up in, Walter, but that line there, she ain't crossing that line. She's going to stay faithful to you. So I had peace about marrying her. I didn't know all the areas in which I have to help her. Didn't know all the areas in which I have to help myself. But I knew one thing. I knew he said she'd be faithful. That, that was, hey, that was, that was the biggie. Everything else is minor compared to that. You can fix the other stuff. And sometimes you can fix it when the wife is unfaithful or the husband is unfaithful, but, but uh, that's not normally the way it is. But if you're looking for a wife or looking for a husband, he will let you know you can trust so-and-so. That's a revelation you can, you can base your life on. And I've lived by that for almost 40 years now. And I don't have to worry about what when I leave is somebody coming by the house. No, she don't play that. She don't cross that line. See, what? God told me. God told me. So that revelation I live by. So I've got strong faith in the area, uh, uh, and that in other areas too, because I've learned over the years to look at those things that God has said, those things that God has done, and those things that God has revealed to me, whether it's written or spoken. It's peace there, no matter what it may be. You're on the job and somebody mistreating you, talking about firing me, fire me. God's got something better for me. When I couldn't get the job at the post office because of these knees that were swelling up from standing up all day because I tore ligaments in that knee. And they said, well, Mr. Camp, we can't, we can't hire you full time because you couldn't do the job because your knees swell up. I said, no problem. I just thought God got something better for me. I didn't know what it was, but I knew God. I really wanted that job at the post office. That was good money. But the job that God gave me, I was still making good money in time. 
And I was sitting down all the time. 27 years at Raytheon, and my job was sitting at a table drawing and making patterns uh, for people to sew with. And this was fun. I'm getting paid to do this. Big money. But it's the, it's the wisdom God gave me in, in regard to drawing that I'd use in order to, to make the patterns and so forth and so forth. But I made my, I made my living sitting down, you see. So if God has shown you're going to be fired, if God has shown that you've been mistreated, you can ask him for a better job or ask him to fix, it, fix the problem on that job. You know, depending on how he uh, wants to fix it, one way or another, it'll be fixed. When I was about to leave Raytheon, when I was being mistreated, gave me a 10 cent raise. I've been there 11 years. And the man just got there, and his buddy, he give him a dollar and something raise. He just got there, and I'm training him. He just got there. They're gonna give me 10 cents to train him? I'm gonna find somebody that appreciates me. So if God don't say different, that's my first, my first statement. If God don't say different, I'm out of here. It all depends on what he says. My mind is on him. I'm going to bail him at all costs, even right today with the situation that we know of. I, I was driving to church this morning. I thought, your wisdom, God, as long as you, I first said, say so. They said, no, as long as your wisdom dictates, we're doing this. When your wisdom say different, we're out of here. Talking about God's wisdom, you see. Only way to live. Guaranteed success that way. All right, last but not least, Matthew 16. And this is pretty graphic, too. But I'm, what I'm trying to get you to do is see the fact that weak faith does not look at God's, what God has said or done or what he's revealed. It looks at everything else. It looks at what we ain't got, what, what, what we used to have, or uh, whatever. It looks at circumstances, even the wind. You know. But strong faith will always be looking at what God has said or what God has done or what God has revealed. Not just what he said, but what he's done, what he's revealed. Done, that's written, done is not written. If somebody gives you a testimony and you know God did that, and you say, God did that. But you also know if God did it for them, he'll do it for you if you just have faith. You see. And sometimes that's all it takes because God wants us to reason it out. He don't want to tell us everything. Matter of fact, you'll appreciate it more and it's to your glory for after God has hidden it to dig it out. A good teacher is not going to tell the student everything. Ain't that right? At least you name it. You teachers in here. Some more teachers in here too? But I think Amy back here. Christy back not Christy. Heidi back there. Gerald. Yep, Gerald. That's right. You you just substitute teacher, you full teacher now. Uh, I'm full teacher. Oh well, thank you. That's a whole better thing than that substitute job, ain't it? That's that's better. That's guaranteed money, that's the anyhow. But you don't want to you don't want to tell them everything. You wanna see y'all be nice now. See? <laughs> You want, you, want, you want to promote thought where they can reason it out because you're trying to teach them how to think also, you see. And God's the same way. And he's not going to tell you everything. Sometimes he'll even tell you. I ask you, what did I tell you? Or what does the word say? Or what do you think? Pr trying to promote thought. Promote thought. See, if he can get you to think like he thinks, get us to think like he thinks, boy, the devil's in trouble every time. Every time. Anyhow, but uh, let me back up to my, where my verse is here. In Matthew 16, uh, oh yes, it's in the first part. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, around verse 
5. Verse 5. Matthew 16, verse 5. And when his disciples would come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. You know, you're working pretty hard when you forget to take your lunch. Of course, some of us, we don't take lunch. We, we buy lunch, you know. Us for with the big money, you know. They miss no, we, we still take lunch. <laughs> see, see, she kind of remind me of, of, of Matlock. Matlock get $100,000 per case. And, and, and he's frugal. That's, that's the right word. He ain't going to waste no money. See, no, 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 no. You're wrong. In some cases, he is cheap. I saw him done the pair of socks when they said, man, you can buy some socks. That's not $1,000. So Amy got more sense than that. She ain't doing that. But my point is, is that, that uh, they forgot to take bread because they're working so hard for God. You know, when you're working so hard for, so hard for God, you forget to, to take the food you're going to need to eat. You're working pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, moving right along. Uh, <laughs> then Jesus said unto them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they'd reason among themselves, because they, they got together to talk about this thing. So they didn't ask him. They talked amongst themselves, saying, is it because we've taken no bread? They're trying to figure this thing out. What are you saying? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Which, when Jesus perceived, there again, let me stop there. He didn't see it immediately because he's not God here. He knows only what his father revealed to him by his Holy Spirit, the same way you and I as prophets and prophetesses only know what God reveals to us. And I use that analogy because he was the prophet, according to Deuteronomy 18.18, that ministry. See, and he works the same way in our lives today as he worked in Jesus' lives, life back then. So when he perceived it, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, there's that phrase again, little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand? You know, it seemed like he getting a little put out with him a little bit. You know, teaching be that way sometimes with some of the students. When you've been teaching for so long, he, been, he, he was only with them for about three years or so. But it was long enough for them to have known this. Do you not yet understand? Neither remember, rehearse, make mention the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? In other words, we just, you just, you just saw these miracles take place. 5,000 and 5,000, 5,000 uh, uh, people fed with five loaves. And then you got uh, 7,000 in the next verse and 4,000. Uh, seven loaves on the 4,000, how many baskets you took up. In other words, somebody out of all those disciples should have made mention of, hey, we all right. Because he fed, and we with him. He got our slack. As, as they say nowadays, he, he got our back. Uh, he, 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 uh, I got it. Uh, he's got it. What do they say nowadays in that regard? Somebody help a brother. He got it. He, he, he got it. You see? And not because they're freeloading. No. We work with him. And <laughs> some of them freeloading. But, but, but God is taking care of him and us. The people, as David pointed out when he ministered the last time, they needed to be fed. And Jesus wouldn't let them go without being fed because it was a long way. And they might faint along the way back home because they hadn't eaten. They were there getting the truth. And so God 
had them sit down and perform a miracle and fed them for their left, providing their needs. He's the same God. So even you did forget bread, God still got you covered. He got you back. But nobody made mention of that. Nobody remembered that. And that's why he said, oh, ye of little faith. How did you don't understand and didn't remember, didn't make mention of, didn't call to mind? You see, you, sometimes until you get, until this becomes a habit of mine, you have to work at reminding yourself. But do that work. Remind yourself of what it is. You have to remind yourself so your mind get in the habit of going there. You know how when it comes to things that we don't really want to remember, your mind just go there sometimes and you got to bring it back over because it just drift over there without you even wanting to go over there. And you got you to gotta purposely get back over here because I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about that. Well, if I'm not, if, if, if what I'm looking at is not something that God has done or doing, something that God has said that, that's written or not written, or written or spoken, written or spoken, done, written or spoken, revealed. If it ain't about God and something that God has done, I don't want to look at it. That's why I choose the movies I choose. I want to see something pushing what God would say push and look at. You see, his morals. It's got to have a teaching point behind it. Now I'll say this. Some, some bad movies I watch them just to learn what not to do. Hello, somebody. Because that's all you're going to get out of that movie. Soap operas, that's a waste of time. Everybody fools. I learned that way back in 76 when I was working on night shift. I was working on night shift and, and, and got to watching. So I thought, this is good. I was watching The Young and the Restless. You know, and, and uh, the little lady, uh, what's her name? The, the finally got an Oscar. Oh, Erica. Erica. I was watching Erica Kane. She was young back then in 76. And I was excited. This is good stuff. And <laughs> it took me about three months, Dave. I just saw a cycle. Nobody had the good guy turn bad. The bad guy got good for a little while and went back bad again. I said, ain't no good folk. Everybody's bad. Somebody ought to be good. That ain't, that ain't real life. And I got, I got fed up of watching, I ain't watch a soap opera, including the night soaps. Dallas and all the soap operas. I didn't watch any of that. Why? Ain't nobody good. I can't say that about the night ones. I did watch the day ones. But it might have been somebody good on Dallas. I don't know. You know. But I just saw the writers having nobody good that stayed good. They just got good for a little while to be deceptive. You know. And, and, and really, that's not, that's not reality. But if you watch that you, at all, you would watch it to see how not to be. You know. But there's some shows you watch and you watch them because I want to be like that. You see, I want to be like, <laughs> I thought about it when I was watching Rawhide yesterday. I'm getting ready to come to a close. And, and this is when uh, Clint Eastwood was young, about 19, 20 years old. And, uh, and she said, that's the one that said, make my day. I said, yeah, that's him. That Dirty Harry, you see. And when Dirty Harry said, make my day, oh, that, that was, a lot of folks would be like Dirty Harry then. They wouldn't police. I take it back. Some policemen probably wouldn't be like Dirty Harry too. You know, just couldn't be more than likely. But, but see, he he was a he was a he was a he was a policeman's policeman. 
you know. And some folk just didn't understand. He playing for keeps, you know, and he, and he does go to the firing range, so he can shoot straight. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to say is that some movies, we should, we, we should have more movies we watch to show us how we should be. Amen? That way we're looking at what God has done, what God is doing, what God has said, what God is the said that's written or, 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 or spoken, uh, or the done that's written or spoken. Either way, we're still keeping God's morals in front of our eyes, his revelations, because God reveals that if we sin, our sin will find us out. Amen? So when we see movies and shows that show that the bad guy gets caught, that's a good show. Because it's just a matter of time, because ain't nobody getting away. They're just getting by for a while. Amen? And so, uh, but these, these are the things that he said that, uh, that, uh, uh, that we need to not forget. Now, let me get down to the verse where he talks about little faith, and then we'll be finished, because it's time for us to go now. Verse 11, he says in chapter 16, How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware the living of the Pharisees, of the Sadducees, then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And so uh, this, is, this is what we should uh, learn from. If they had remembered the miracles that he did, their faith would have been strong. Uh, uh, and they wouldn't, have been, they wouldn't have been looking at, we didn't bring bread. They'd have been looking at the 5,000, the 7,000, we covered Ain't but 12 of us, you know, <laughs> compared to 7,000. God fed 5,000, he'll feed 12. You got to think right. Amen? See, this is why Trey finally accepted his ministry. He, he got his eyes focused on the right thing. And on that job probably helped him too. Because on the job, when the man say, do this, what time you be for work, Trey? What time you report for work? Six. In the morning? In p.m. Oh, you on night shift then. I should have known that. That's how I was on night shift when I first got there, too. But the point is, whatever shift, you got a job, don't you? You're getting paid, ain't you? Is that a good thing? You see? So when we, when we seek to understand the things of God, the way we seek, the same faithfulness that we seek to have a good job and be faithful to that job, we'll understand the fear of the Lord, and we'll see some things that God wants us to seek, but it takes that same faithfulness that same determination. And then, and only then, can, can God uh, make us like he wants us to be. So let's all stand, and we're going to go. But we're going to keep our eyes on what God has said, that's written or spoken. That's strong faith. Strong faith to do that. Strong faith keeps his eyes on what God has done, that's written or spoken. And strong faith keeps his eyes on what God has revealed. If your mind leaves one of those five things, whether he's said or done or revealed, you can narrow it down to three in that mind if you want to. Still, if my mind is not on that, that's because I got weak faith. Strong faith always looks at what God has done. Always looks at what God has done. Always looks at what God has said. Always looks at what God has revealed. Always. It's, it's a constant thing. It controls your life. And then, when it becomes a habit of mind, you do it without thinking about it. You don't, you don't even have to try. This is just who I am. Because You've, you've, you've trained yourself. God has helped train you to keep your eyes on him and only him and always look to him first and foremost. Amen? Father, we thank you.
for the simplicity of your ways, but the power that's in your ways.